and welcome to TBR Spotlight from the Big Review Ski, your companion podcast to Loki on Disney+. Plus. Now, I'm not one for exaggeration, but today we're actually losing our Loki-loving minds over episode four, the Nexus event. My name's Owen, and to borrow a description from Loki himself, I'm joined by someone who's difficult, uh, irritating, and who tries to hit me all the time. It is, of course, Rory. Hello, Rory. What hi. the heck did you think of that episode? Um, eventful. And mm-hmm. kind of icky. <laughs> what? Well, yes, there's there's a certain level of ickiness in there. Yeah, I get you. Um, and sad. Also sad moments. Yeah, I'm kind of. I th- I feel like I'm pumped up because it's like for context, Disney Plus have just released it uh, on the platform. Uh, we're up, bright and breezy. We've <laughs> literally just watched it. Mm. The end credits have finished rolling, and here we are sitting down to talk about it. I feel like I need, I know it's early in the day, but I need like a stiff drink of Asgardian figgy port just to help Ooh. me through this episode. Yeah, so I'll see if I can get uh, my hands on some of that. So, will we just get straight into it? Or like, or like where, where do you want to begin? I mean, at the start? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great place. Okay, so first of all, uh, this episode is called The Nexus Event. So what I did was uh, I went back to episode one Jeez. and got their, I know, watched them all, um, got their exact definition of what a Nexus event is, just mm. to, to remind myself and to remind everybody. So those are the moments in the sacred timeline when the branch realities are created. So they're caused by variants breaking off from the supposed path set forth by the TVA timekeepers. Those guys, though, yeah, if you can believe anything they say, uh, which we'll get to uh, later on. So basically, once a Nexus event happens, it's going to throw reality into chaos. And it feels like there's a, a fair bit of that happening in this episode. Right, which immediately, like, when the, when the, when the title was revealed, I was like, okay, so we're finally going to tackle um, what Sylvie had done at the end of episode two, where she dropped all these like time eraser bombs and <laughs> yeah. set off like a million different nexus points throughout the timeline. I was like, oh, we're going to see what happened there. No, nope, not yet. Hasn't, <laughs> it just hasn't come back up. And according to, because we see the sacred timeline later in this episode. Again, and it's, yeah. it's fine. It's, it looks it's as perfect as it's ever been. So I guess that's, that's over. Just don't, don't ever forget about it. Just it's, I it's, guess it's in the past and it's fixed and don't worry about it. <laughs> I guess that looked cool at the end of episode two and then just shut up about it now. Okay, Rory? Yeah, okay, fine. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Okay, so we get stuck into the episode and they obviously begin with the previously on Loki. And what they're focusing on is not that moment that you're talking about, but the end of episode three, whenever this big reveal was revealed bigly by Sylvie to Loki when she says, I'm good with words, when she said uh, that the TVA are basically lying to everybody. You're all variants. And then we get a couple of flashbacks to Mobius and Loki talking whenever Loki was laughing at Mobius and saying, you you really believe all that? It's those space lizards uh, controlling everything. Uh, And then we also get a little moment of C20 being revealed to being a normal person where she loves margaritas, Mm. which is, again, very relatable. So C20. Uh, you're the real hero here. So that was our previously. So it, it obviously just showing us what um, what Kate Heron and her her team uh, are focusing on for this episode. But then this really cool flashback, if you can even have a flashback, because who knows when we are at any moment in no. time. Yeah. But it, it kind of pans up and you're like, it doesn't have the purple hue of uh of lamentus you're like where are we and we're revealed to be an asgard so what do you think of this you're like oh look it's a little little girl loki hello there just playing away with her toys minding her own business and then suddenly out of the blue a portal appears and it's ravona yeah and she just she just snatches little girl loki away and you can see she's playing with her um her dolls i guess and calls one of them the valkyrie so we know Ooh. in that uh, in that universe the valkyries are still very much around they weren't kind of because i think in loki's timeline they were all destroyed ages ago and the only last one was tessa thompson's one because kate blanchett killed them all like a billion years ago or whenever that was <laughs> whenever it was um so we know that she's still very much aware of them and then yeah she's just kind of snatched and the so they put down the time eraser bomb and it's like clean clean the scene or whatever 
So I'm assuming the time eraser bomb only destroys the stuff that's off the timeline, the stuff that's causing the, the, Nexus, the event. Nexus event. Because yep. otherwise, like, why is it not, you know, eating up the linoleum or whatever that's on the floor, like just going to <laughs> yes, town whatever, on... Whatever they use in Asgard to make their floors. Yeah, like, or like we've seen them use it previously, like inside the tent. It doesn't kill off the grass, but it kills off the bodies that are there. Stuff like that. Yeah. And it kills off her toys. Yeah. And I was like, what? Her toys are the Nexus events? <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, and then like I know we're ju- I'm going to jump around a bit. She does ask later on. It's like, what did I do? And she's like, don't what remember. What did I do? Don't remember. Don't well, even see, remember. And was... I'm like, is it because it was so insignificant the thing that like, because you know that Loki when they're looking for them later on, he's like, we're like even if they're stepping on the wrong leaf, we can find them. So did yeah. she just accidentally pick up the wrong toy to play with, and that was enough for her to get snatched away? <laughs> but I think what she's done is she's completely removed her entire existence from that timeline. So even though Ravona has said that, I don't remember, it's either incredibly cutting, mm. if we believe it, and harsh, because you're like, this has been the driving force, the incentive for Sylvie this entire time, or... Uh, as we know, Ravona is still on the scene. She's still around at the very end. It is going to be revealed that she did have a very particular reason for going back and snatching uh, little kid Sylvie from that particular timeline. Unless there was some kind of sequence of events that that Sylvie grew up to then affect Ravona in another way. And she's trying to stop that. And then ooh, the time all over the place. But it, it was interesting, I thought, whenever they did bring little Sylvie to the TVA. And we get to see the same moments that Loki went through. Um, the guy who makes a record of everything you've said during your life. The guy who checks whether you're a robot. Um, but this time it's way more scary. It's way more ominous. There's nobody having the crack. There's nobody joking around. The, the, the music itself is just that you're like, oh, this is a completely different uh, vibe that they're going for at this point. But then, you know, she's clever. She bites Ravona. Grabs the temple and off she goes. That was clever, <laughs> clever biting, biting people. <laughs> well done on biting God of Mischief or Goddess of Mischief. But she um she scoots off and we, we find out that she's been on the run ever since. Uh just basically. So that that's an element of like kind of the sadness kind of creeping in there that she's just been Which okay. Which, not okay. not to not to not to start picking nits, but Uh-oh. do you remember when they had the last portal jumper thing remember yeah uh, in the, the, the last, last hand yeah 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 and you're like mm-hmm. and miss minutes pops up and she's like sorry your, your thing is dead your oh, battery's yes. dead so it she's just... had that for her entire life and never needed to recharge it once whereas loki no, used no. it once <laughs> and then it needed to be recharged i'm gonna pick some nits in your nitpicking if okay that's all right okay because whenever loki attempts to use it in the previous episode mm. uh, and Miss Minutes pops up and says, you're out of juice. Mm. Um, it's Sylvie who explains to him exactly how it can be recharged and how much power it's going to take to generate the power because she actually slags him off for thinking, what you think like a neon sign is going to do the job? Wise up, we're going to need a much bigger power source. So obviously in her uh, cunningness and uh, just her smarts and being on the run for years, she's worked out how she can recharge it and okay. reuse it. Is I'll, what I'm going to say. I'll, is, I'll, that, is that okay? I'll allow that one. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those nits can rest. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to pick them later, uh, I'm sure. Okay, so then we're back in. Again, I'm going to use inverted commas present day yep. in the TVA whenever Rona is standing in front of these mysterious golden doors of the elevator she's nervous she's about to go in and see the timekeepers mm-hmm. and this is our first reveal which in the dark to me kind of looked like is she in the set of mars attacks are those <laughs> are those the aliens from mars attacks but um but yeah what did you think of this because uh we just get we don't hear them speak we don't see nope. them do anything we just yep. get this really kind of like ooh, creepy um kind of feeling as she goes in to confront them but then we don't actually see what happens. She just comes back out and it's Mobius who's in the dark going, well, what, what did they say? Like, what, what, what are we going to do? And again, you really just start to get the impression here. It's like Ravona cannot be trusted. Yes. So like the fact that we don't see them or hear them say anything to her in that scene is very, very telling to me because later on when we get, when we revisit them, super talky all like all three of them have lots to say so 
Uh, I know your friend Mickey's a big fan of my big swings, but this... Um, he absolutely <laughs> loves them. This was also the point where um, I had I realized your big swing from last week was wrong. Oh, well, thanks very much. Did you just come here to say that? And just have, <laughs> Owen, thanks for joining me here today. I'm By the way, you one big swing place. that you've attempted. I'm putting it like thanks. the big swings are Rory's thing. And Owen has... Fair enough. Um, I just keep it to the small swings for now. <laughs> Smaller swings. Yeah. Right, fair enough. Um, yeah, because oh, wow. there was still that kind of, because uh, it, it was kind of everywhere in the internet after a while. It was like, is this whole episode like a dream? No. Yeah. Uh, she's been dragged into the TVA and we're now seeing, we're now seeing right things from like other people's perspectives. So it's that, because yeah. that was our first scene away from, uh, from Sylvie, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense for it to be still be a dream. No, no, I, so I'm just I saying, I'm just putting to it to bed. It was, it was very no, easy you're, to you're, say. Uh, I just did because it was wrong. You're you're saying it like as if last week it was the stupidest thing you've ever heard in in, in your life, and it, it definitely had some kind of element of validity. It did, that, that's, but listen, now it doesn't. Listen, I'm just, all I'm doing no, is that's the last time I'm doing a big swing. Go on, it's, it's not on. for everyone. Is what I'm saying. Just, <laughs> just build up to it. it. Um, anyway, so, no, but yeah, so but we, Mobius, I, sorry, you know, it was it was interesting that we didn't actually get to see or hear them say anything, uh, which makes me think uh, this is my big swing is that she's super well aware that they were robots all along, that they aren't, mm-hmm. they aren't who like she didn't go in, she wasn't like actually terrified coming back out, and she didn't bring them to to bring the, the what do you call it Loki and Sylvie to them later on with the with the lack of knowledge of who they actually are i think yeah she must have known that all along yeah it feels like that whatever or whoever is pulling the strings or uh, whenever or whenever <laughs> whenever is behind the curtain pulling the strings of the three robotic figures that appear to be the timekeepers that she is fully in on it or she has in her past stumbled across something and she's part of maintaining this uh facade and this farce uh, of the TVA for everybody else. So anyway, it feels like she's playing Mobius like a chief fiddle because as much as he, in other episodes with Loki, proved to be really not gullible and insightful and been able to read him, here it's like she's she's playing him like a cheap Asgardian fiddle, basically, mm. where he hasn't, she's just running circles around him at this point anyway in the episode. So anyway, we get back to Lamentus 1, back to Sylvie, uh, back to Loki. We get the shot from the trailer that everybody uh, had seen the purple and the two figures sitting there looking at uh, the destruction of of the moon. And we get a little bit more of Sylvie and uh, Loki opening up together. Um, and the fact that Yuck. there was a... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get to that, but um, it was it was a little bit more telling because this is just building up to uh, the icky moment that I think you're talking about. Because we start jumping between this scene and back to the TVA where B15 and Mobius and they're like they're plotting their next massacre. As we know, it's like well, they're not killers in that sense. They're not just out to mm. create absolute uh, havoc. But this is the point you were talking about. It's this moment where we see. The sacred timeline looks pretty steady and pretty secure to me, as if like everything is absolutely fine here at the moment. So what's the big deal? But then we get back to uh, Lamentus and this connection uh, starts to happen. And Loki says yeah. to her, we don't die. We survive. And then basically, you're amazing. <laughs> as they look longfully into each other's arms uh, or each other's eyes and then their <laughs> arms touching their hands and it all gets very whew, hot and heavy a bit. Like but what, did, what did you think of this like moment? Gross. Oh, you not like it? You not like it? Gross. Mm-hmm. Gross. Gross. Oh, no. I hated it. I, <laughs> I get the impression you think it's gross. <laughs> what is it about it that you hate? It's the same. Like, it just double down on that. Is it your sister? Is it your? Is it yourself? <laughs> is it someone else entirely? Like, it's just gross. And also, I would have much preferred if Lady Loki was not a love interest. If she was just a, a, a character who also existed. Like, it, I know it feeds into the whole narcissistic aspect of Loki anyway, because he truly does love himself. So, on a fundamental narrative sense, yes, okay, I can understand the logic behind it. Um, and it also might not even be going down that road. It could become a level where, like, he like as he later on when he he he, he kind of has a self realization of his own personality 
deficits, let's say, uh, and by learning to love another version of himself, he might grow to love himself more and not be such a douchebag all the time. But I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Because the whole time I was like, if they kiss, I'm going to get sick all over this laptop. <laughs> I, no, didn't like it. Didn't like it. So this whole element is obviously giving you heebie-jeebies and you're not the only one getting heebie-jeebies because the sacred timeline gets heebie-jeebies as well whenever this moment occurs. And I did think it was pretty funny whenever it cuts back to Mobius and B-15 and they're saying, it's like, have you ever seen a timeline like this? And then they go full Naked Gun. Do you know that scene in Naked Gun whenever uh, they <laughs> basically they're, they're having sex and instead of seeing the sex scene you see all the metaphors for mm. sex it's like a train going into a tunnel it's like a flower blooming a rocket taking off and they actually well this is the first thing that popped into my head it's like you ever seen a branch like that i was like what are they going to show and they literally show the most like the largest branch from the timeline going up the ways that you've ever seen and that's gotta be some like innuendo in there as well um obviously this connection being made uh between the two of them but then bang uh the ickiness is interrupted because as you said last week we're probably just going to see mobius turn up uh and yoink the two of them off uh the moon that's about to be destroyed and lo and behold that happens portals open and they're transported back to uh the tva where uh, they're split up and they're taken to two separate uh, holding areas. Uh, and again, the humor is always still there where Loki is like, how come she gets more guards than me, basically? <laughs> you know, mm. which is just, again, uh, that narcissism coming through. And then, like, obviously it's revealed um, what this time cell is whenever Loki is going to. But just as it opened up whenever Mobius is transporting him to this next place, it's like, ooh, is this... Uh, is that like a red tinted portal as opposed to an orangey one? So what did you think of this little moment where it's like uh, Loki is transported through to basically his Groundhog Day prison? Yeah, like it was, it was, it was fun just to see um, Lady Sif again, because I don't think we actually see her die off in Ragnarok. I know it was the three dudes die when uh, Hela, is it? Hella? Yeah, Hella rocks up and kills them. Yeah, with bits of her horns and just <laughs> yeah. flings them all over the place. But she, I don't think, was in that scene. So it was nice to see her again. I always liked her in the Thor movies. <clears throat> and, you know, Loki's cut her hair off, and that's funny. Um, <laughs> it, it's so childish, though. It was, like, it was enjoyably that's just it. like, yeah. like, why? It, the God of Mischief, and he just cuts a bit of her hair off, and she's livid, and he's like, meh. And it was, like, initially I was like, okay, I can see why why that's funny. Uh, and he's like, I literally, this is something that's happened and I just don't care about this. Like, why would you put me through this particular moment as a time loop? And then it does reveal itself that because it's so insignificant over and over again, <laughs> he's like, oh, wait, I was a douchebag all those times and I am a douchebag. And it does like, listen, I've said this a lot. If you need someone in the balls often enough, they will have a self-realization moment. <laughs> you have and said that. There's not a day goes by you don't say Loki that. proved me right. 100% correct. Yeah, as you said, it was lovely to see uh, Jimmy Alexander back as, or maybe it's pronounced Jim Alexander, uh, back as Lady Sif. And I, I do like the, it, it kind of reminded me of the D.B. Cooper scene. Um, whenever, uh, in terms of Loki's character, as being the god of mischief when he just used to get up to stuff that was a bit of crack. Now, I know cutting off somebody else's hair may not be deemed uh, a bit of crack by everybody, but obviously this was him having fun. It's really pissed her off, and he was just doing it to annoy her, and then he goes off and has himself uh, a hot bath. But as you said, repeatedly getting kneed and punched uh, in the nuts and in the face, uh, that's <laughs> that's going to take its toll. And being told over and over again that you're so, going to be alone. This is Savage. the key thing, because again, the first couple of times I heard the line, but it it didn't really make an impact. But it's only whenever Owen Wilson returns to the time cell later in the episode when he's had his own uh, epiphany about the TVA, and he says, "Do you deserve to be alone? Do you think that you do?" And you get, "Oh shit, that's that was the real punishment in the time loop over and over again," uh, and also that's what's created 
this Nexus event on Lamentis, where the connection between the two, but suddenly Loki has this realization maybe that he isn't going to be alone and he's going to be with his gross. other not sister, gross. Hey. For, yeah, okay, okay. But love, can you <laughs> truly get in the way of love, Rory? <laughs> So basically, um, so that that's yeah, the real kick in the nuts in this scene is obviously uh, being told that you're alone and you, that you always will be. Um, then we get back to some of the magic of episode one, where it's time for another tete a tete between Mobius so and Loki. It's brilliant, isn't it? This it's, scene back in the interrogation room. You miss him, like episode three. His his mm-hmm. missing and then seeing them back together again, and the dialogue is is just sad. like there's one line. There's a few lines actually where like Loki gets one good dig in where he's like he calls him like a, a oh it's like oh, a, a folksy a, a folksy dopey <laughs> folksy dopey uh, line from a folksy dope I was like oh my god that's so funny um, <laughs> and then lo- like Mobius gets a few good digs in as well he's like oh here's the prince gonna tell me how to live like a normal human being or something yeah yeah I was like yeah. oh my god they're really good. the the claws are out guys <laughs> but it's when uh, Mobius has a parallel reaction to the gross like self-cessed um yes relationship it was like you guys like it's in his it's in his delivery it's in it's in his, the, the word choice everything he says i was like yep that's exactly how i feel about it that's i hate it and so does mobius and so does time itself two variants of the same being especially you Forming this kind of sick, twisted, romantic relationship, that's pure chaos. That could break reality. It's breaking my reality right now. What a incredible seismic narcissist. Yeah, it's like it's pure chaos. It's like that could break reality. It's breaking my reality right now, which is, again, felt like a very Owen Owen Wilson line. Um, but even like the part where he's like, you fell for yourself. And that's the perfect the perfect description because we all we all know people like that as well who have done that so i do um <laughs> yeah but the um then we get obviously loki I, I did find a strange way loki was still trying to kind of play him with like yeah i'm the the mastermind of the whole thing and i was like why isn't he just getting straight to the to the point of like the the tva he knows himself and mobius have a friendship of sorts um i think it's because he then, thinks loki. oh or mobius just won't believe him yeah yeah I suppose, and then it's only when, in a desperate ploy, a last ditch ploy, he kind of says to him, uh, "Before this, you had a past, uh, you had a family, a life." Uh, and I was hoping he would say uh, a jet ski as well, <laughs> but Mobius himself gets to the to the jet ski realization uh, later on in the episode. But um, yeah, it was a lovely to have that uh, kind of return. And then, similarly in the TVA, we also um, cut to it's B twenty uh, is having her own. Uh, or sorry, not B20, B15, getting the hunters mixed up. B15 is having her own thoughts. Obviously, whatever Sylvie did to her, whatever memory was conjured up, she's it's thrown her complete, you know, questioning of reality uh, and, and into doubt. And she's like, well, what, what, what did I see? I saw she obviously saw herself um, being happy years before, but we we don't know that at this uh, particular moment. And then she basically goes into Sylvie and takes her away to a portal, which we later know is the, uh, is the rocks cart. Um, so that was all set up nicely. We're getting all the elements. Everything's kind of building, building, getting together. Then we get this like case closed. We're having a couple of whiskeys and I got my shirt buttons open um, <laughs> scene in, uh, in Ravona's office. But what do you make of this? Because again, I thought Mobius was being played for a fool. And then it's like, oh no, wait, he's been playing her all along in this particular scene whenever he swaps the temp pads around. Yeah, it really hammered home how how greatly um, understated Gugu Mbatha-Raw's performance is because we now, through this episode, have seen her be, like, dodgy AF. She has done a lot of shady shenanigans, and I'm like, I'm watching you, Renslayer, because <laughs> I... Uh, i on you. <laughs> not, not feeling the vibe you're putting out whatsoever. <laughs> And then in this scene, she's saying everything that that uh, Mobius wants to hear. She's like, "There's one particular line, and we'll 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 grab a we'll grab a clip from it." And here it is: "You've seen all of existence, same as me, so you know. Friendship like ours is 
more common. And worth fighting for. Same as the sacred timeline. That line, where she's explaining their unique friendship. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of, it's like, you are my favorite. I know I've talked about, you know, getting stuff from other uh, agents, but Owen Wilson, you're my fave. And that's just feeding into your ego because, see, this is the thing as well. This is my big swing that I'm, I'm just going to get into it. Are they all Lokis? They're not just variants. They're all Lokis. Whoa. Because like, Owen Wilson's this- ego is feeding Ooh. into, it needs to be told that he's the best of these agents in the same way that Loki needs to be told he's the best of the gods of mischief. Do you know what I mean? There's there's definitely potential there. And listen, I'm a bigger person than you. <laughs> I'm not just going to shit all over your big swing uh-huh. uh, just because you were nasty about my one from last week. I can listen, see... You listen, are, you're clearly listen, very sensitive about it because as, a person as your big swings go, it was a big miss. Big swings myself. I can see the potential, uh-huh. I suppose, in your big swing. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, that could definitely tie in with Mobius's character and, and trying to think. And then we'll get to the post credit scene later on in terms of what that potentially means mm. uh, when you're speaking of like maybe they're all Lokis. But then what about C20, you know, going back and having her margaritas? Could she be a Loki in that world? Potentially, possibly, who knows? Because we see um, we see a variation of Loki when they, when they episode two, when they're heading out to Roxcart. And one of them is like yeah. a, a cyclist or something. He's like an Olympian yeah, cyclist. in the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah so exactly. like it, it could, who knows? You know what I mean? Like the the thing. They could potentially just live completely vastly different lives than like and to be fair, margaritas I think are universal. They're not they're not specific <laughs> to any one timeline. Everyone loves a margarita, especially because those ones look good. And I know I watched the eight AM, but I was just looking around to see if I had the <laughs> ingredients to make one. Graving a margarita. Yeah, no, my favorite moment in that uh scene when they are back in Ravona's office is whenever Owen Wilson delivers an absolutely classic Owen Wilson. Ouch. Whenever Ravona <laughs> insults him, he's like, ouch. Um, which I just, uh, I love that that little moment. Also, again, I was trying to figure out whether it meant anything in the bigger picture, but uh, we've commented on the music, obviously, before from Natalie Holt, which is excellent throughout. This music in this scene, um, because Ravona always seems to have like easy listening on in the background. And this was, uh, it's a piece of music called The Swan by Camille Sanson. Um, and it's been played on the theremin and it's usually played on, on uh, well, you play the piano, the cello, whatever you want to do, but the theremin here. And I was trying to figure out whether or not uh, I was attempting to find some kind of big connection and big swing of my own, but I failed well, I think what miserably. It, what it does is it the biggest red flag ever is that she's a goddamn psychopath. If you're sitting around listening to a theremin, that <laughs> is, uh, that's a red flag. <laughs> Listen, each to their own. Um, we immediately cut back to Roxcart after this scene where B-15 transports uh, Sylvie here, knowing fine rightly she can use her magic, and that's the whole point. She wants her to... So she's taking a risk here. She's putting herself in danger, uh, knowing that Sylvie could easily escape at this point. Um, but yeah, you get this lovely kind of Matrix moment where it's like you're you've been awoken from... Uh, the sleepy non-reality that you've been stuck in this entire time um, and again it's I know we've we've talked about uh, B-15 throughout and she plays that part brilliantly uh, you know in all the episodes there's little moments but like brilliant work from Wunmi Musaku who I didn't know before this uh, I saw she was in um, His House which I think was that horror that was released last mm. year that a lot of people were raving Very about good, as well yeah. and she had other bits pieces uh, in Luther and stuff, but this is my first kind of experience of seeing her uh, in this role. So it'd be interesting to see if she remains in this series, if she comes back in the second series, because she's obviously there at that pivotal moment later in the episode when we return to the uh, timekeeper scene. But strangely, again, it might be like the the reset charges that you were talking about in episode two. She's kind of there to start a couple of guards attack her, but then. She doesn't appear for the rest of the scene. Well, they, but we they, don't, they hit oh. her once, and she she's out. Yeah, and she goes to the ground. She's yeah. down. So yeah, that was disappointing because I was like, "Go yeah, on, like, go on!" And then she was out. I was like, "Oh, them. all right." Oh, all right then. I don't think she's pruned. We don't see her being pruned. No. anyway. Yeah. So she's just under, under just as a glass jaw. 
the yeah the smoke machine that the uh, the robot timekeepers have got going Ooh, on there. Spoilers. So that's fine. Then yeah, uh, then Mobius, uh, we're back at the at the TVA when he takes the time to examine the temp pad and goes back and looks at this little if everyone thought the Matt Hancock hello topical reference CCTV <laughs> footage was the most controversial in the past week it's like you ain't seen You're right. yet until you've seen no it's, it's still the <laughs> most controversial but this is a close second <laughs> This is a close second whenever he's witnessing the interrogation or the debriefing of C20 and she reveals, she's like, that, this was real. This was a memory. I knew it. She's like, what's going on? And then the very, the very, not clunky, it's just like the very uh, pointed uh, yeah. kind of, oh, it's Ravona looking back directly at the camera. So yeah. we definitely know it's her who is responsible uh, for calling the shots here. Um, but yeah, so that was grand. That was all fine. Yeah. Uh, then we're back. Mobius confronts. This is the moment we were talking about earlier when he confronts Loki in the time loop and says, "Do you deserve uh, to be alone?" And again, a wee bit cheesy. Then whether you you allowed, and this is like, oh, I can't believe I'm trusting the word of two Lokis. And Loki is like, "What about a friend?" What about a friend? So any friendship or love related stuff, you're just like, no, that's that's I'm not having it. See, that's the other thing is that Loki doesn't have any friends. Yeah. He's never had any friends. So the fact that he likes Owen Wilson feeds into uh, okay. Owen Wilson You're being pretty, another Loki because okay. he okay. likes him. And also, and also, how come none of them ever age? Because they're all Lokis, because they're all gods. Because they've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to nitpick here, but then that's fine. Whatever. I the guess evidence we'll is piling up. Crap your big swing is in the next episode I when they reveal so. it all the way pants now this was uh a moment one of the sad moments uh well again you said you don't like love you don't like friends maybe death will get you or mm. pruning this is the moment mobius is pruned and it, like it just comes like it happens so fast and there's no hesitation from ravona she's like prune him yeah and uh and that's it he's gone so um so at the time i was like that is shocking i was yeah. this is this is like um la confidential where or you know psycho you know where someone who you think is going to make it to the end of the film yes, like yes, at least yes. be killed towards the end is killed in the middle and i was like holy that's unexpected yep. now what i will say is go. that the events uh-huh. at the end of the episode completely undercut that action yes <laughs> so i wish that had been in a, def- a different episode do you know what i mean just to right. let that wallow for a week to be like oh my god but knowing what we know now i'm less sure we won't see him again well it was at this point uh i had written down it's like what does it mean when you're pruned Mm. you know what like you know because we just kind of assumed initially it was going to be death and actually in the previous episode i know that we had talked about um whenever sylvie uh, manages to break into the TVA, realizes her powers don't work, and then we said, "Oh, she's got no trouble beating the crap out of guys and just killing them right, left, and center." And then it was like, "But maybe she knows that pruning isn't necessarily." I don't know if she does know, but um, yeah, as we said, it doesn't necessarily mean death, as we come to find out uh, later on uh, in the episode. But I know what you mean. It would have been nice after missing Mobius to to give him that kind of uh, space of that still though as a what the heck moment at the end of the episode. Um, it's hard to uh, kind of argue with that payoff as well. So then we're approaching the timekeepers finally uh, in the, again, present day. Uh, we're at the elevator. Loki and Sylvie are back together uh, for the first time again in, in the episode since they were separated. Uh, and as you said, this is where the really cutting line comes in. It's like, what was my Nexus event? Why did you take me away basically from from where I was growing up? And just, I don't remember. Do you know, it actually reminded me of, um, do you ever see Street Fighter, the movie? <laughs> a long time ago, yes, so but it has been. You're going to have to remind me on the finer details no, of yeah, it, please. I, no, I absolutely will. So there's a scene where uh, Chun-Li has been held uh, hostage by M. Bison, the big bad guy, Raul Julia. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do you know why I'm here today? I'm here to assassinate you because uh, you killed my whole family. You killed my whole village. You came in and just like torched the town, blah, blah, blah. And M. Bison's response is, to you, this was the most important day in your life. To me, it was a Tuesday. And I was like, <gasps> and that's oh the God. only good line of dialogue in all of Street Fighter 2. But this kind <laughs> of, good one. this passive 
nothingness response yeah. to like a life altering event. That's I know I shouldn't be comparing it to Street Fighter, but that that is what <laughs> it reminded me of. Do do compare it to Street Fighter, especially when it's one hundred percent accurate as well. I'm actually going to do another wee comparison here because this is when they come into the Timekeeper room, and I was like, oh, the Mars attacks guys—they're real, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, because we we start to hear them speaking, and then we see they have these kind of special guards in there, and it reminded me of—is uh, it the Last Jedi? Whenever Kylo Ren and Rey yeah. team up to take out uh, kind of the Imperial Snoke. Guard uh, and Snoke. Yeah, so he's sitting there, and obviously, so that reminded me a little bit of this. But they still don't have their magic; they're still using uh, basically their their fighting skills and the weapon that uh, B fifteen throws. Uh, obviously, one of Loki's knives as well. And then the decapitation. I was like, Ugh! but again, there's no way they're going to just leave it at that. And then you see the sparks. And actually, I was watching it with the subtitles on as well because uh-huh. you know we said we, we were talking before you often. Every so often, you know, if they're going to make a mistake in the credits where they reveal Sylvie's character name, you never know. It might have somebody's character name in there that's accidentally been left in. Or just give you a little... We, we talked about in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, actually, the first time um, whenever Anthony Mackie rocks up in his new suit uh, towards the end of the series, and it actually says, Captain America grunts. And you're like, oh, he's Captain America now, as if the suit didn't give it away as well. But in this one... Um, before Kenny was revealed that there are wires and there's sparks and stuff, uh, the noise it made, boom, it just said in the subtitles, it was like powering down. And you're like, if you're a real beast, you're not going to be powering down. This <laughs> is clearly something uh, is up here anyway. But there was a brilliant wee line where Loki's just like, oh, it never stops. <laughs> you know, it's just like there's always a twist. There's always something else happening. Um, again, which, uh, which was relatable as hell. But then you were probably properly icked out again because this is the moment it felt like they're about to kiss you know when you used to practice kissing in the mirror and by used to i mean this morning earlier today is that me or you anybody really oh you're just in a wider reference okay yeah Yeah, Uh, you're just making it more relatable to all of our listeners cool 100 uh yeah no it's interesting so there's a few things from from in there one is obviously statue the credits because duh marvel um they do not reveal the voice actors yeah. for the time lizards <laughs> there's no actors names come come up for them now to be fair they also didn't have lady Sif in the end credits either so it could just be you know a marginal oversight but i was like oh who voiced it maybe that would give away who yeah. it is and no no such luck so clearly marvel are staying one step ahead of us there and not making another uh, Spanish end credits mistake like they <laughs> did uh, two episodes ago but Los Mistaka see um, yeah so there's that and then yeah like just kick 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 everyone's on the ground everything's fine Loki's about to kiss his sister self and I was like gross 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 and you could feel it and it was it was getting so uncomfortable even even between the two of them because he couldn't get the goddamn words out and she was like <laughs> what what are you? What could you possibly want to say to me? What could you want to say that's requiring you to stand within kissing distance? I don't understand. <laughs> and then, poof, he's gone, uh, and he's been yeah. uh, wiped out from the thing as well. And Ravon is like, print from behind. I got him. <laughs> print from behind, indeed. Um, but Ravona, you're like, ah, oh, Ravona, no. So interesting. Does she know? Does she? Th- does she know that ne- it doesn't necessarily kill you? Because she was very quick to be like, just, just prune me. I don't give, I don't give two Fs. So yeah. I was like, yeah. she was willing to jump on that sword very quickly. So maybe she knows Mobius and this Loki and herself will be fine post pruning. Um, but maybe she doesn't. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think I don't. I think she's bad. I think she's bad. I think, like, and this is the thing where we talked about before, um, in terms of when they're casting a particular person, mm. and you're casting them knowing what their their filmography in real life is like. You know, it's like, and they're fundamentally usually a good person, and then you know that actors will always jump at the chance to, you know, portray somebody that's out of their. They don't want to be pigeonholed as like I'm not always the good guy. And Gugu and Bathory Raw strikes me as like, you know, she's just a really kind, warm like person and you're like wait can she really be the big bad and it does feel like from what you were saying in terms of the character of Ravona, 
and teaming up with uh or having a relationship with uh Kang the Conqueror uh in the wider sense of of the Marvel uh universe and potentially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe then as well. Uh it feels like, oh yeah, like just what what is her role? Uh is she completely good, completely bad, whatever. But it is interesting that she, as you said, was just willing to go do it, do it now. And is that like give me the sweet release of whatever pruning is? Or yeah, does she know that she's transported or taken to some other place, uh, some apocalyptic-looking, destroyed city on Earth, potentially? Because they've got lampposts. I was kind of looking at the picture. Oh, wait, wait. oh the ruined, the ruined Avengers Terror is behind them. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Right, amazing. Because I was trying to figure out exactly where this uh, location potentially could be. Uh, so yeah, so we get that moment. We also get just before that that shot in the credits. Uh, Sylvie not uh, getting rid of Ravona, so we know Ravona's around. Obviously, still two episodes um, to go in the series, <laughs> and she's still around in order to get information out of her. So again, we might find out whether that Nexus event, is she going to go full uh, M. Bison on her, or will she actually <laughs> have a reason for removing, was it just a Tuesday in Asgard, or will she have a reason for, for taking out of her uh, out of that reality? But then, as we said, sit through the credits, what do we get? And it's this moment we see Loki um, waking up somebody. Because as he pointed out himself, he's like, I've died so many times before. You know, There's nothing you can do. Just go ahead and do it, Scram, whatever. Um, and he has died in pretty much every film he's been in so far. More or less, um, yeah. Almost, yeah. I think maybe not Avengers Assemble. But the other ones, there's a, a form of death or at yep. least uh, a version of it anyway. But we get this, uh, we hear a voice first. And as you mentioned last week, uh, there is a big star still to come, and it is, of course, uh, Richard E. Grant. And we said at the time, oh, like he would make a really good older kind of Tom Hiddleston type Loki. And lo and behold, he's, he looks like he's dressed up in like a really cheap yeah. uh, Loki outfit, which is uh, amazing looking. But um, I loved this moment. We hear his voice first, but I love the shot of, we'll get to the characters now, but it kind of mimicked the shot from Avengers Assemble when... Uh, which we saw in the series of Loki mm. as well, whenever Mobius was re-showing uh, Loki of times gone by, whenever the Avengers wake up and Hawkeye's got the, the arrow and they're kind of surrounding him. But slightly more friendly looking, if comical, figures uh, in this one. So what did you think of this little uh, this little teaser in the middle here? Yeah, like I think there had been talk before that we were going to see uh, Kid Loki. So it was a nice a nice kind of payoff for this episode. We knew Tom Hiddleston wasn't dead mm-hmm. after being pruned. Like we knew this um, again. I would have liked this to have maybe happened in a, diff- a separate episode to Mobius's pruning, just to give it again, that bit of space. But it was nice to see. I think the end credits called it like um, original Loki. I think it's classic Loki classic is what Loki. they've called yeah. Richard E. Grant's character. That yeah. is um, kid Loki. And Kid then Loki, the yeah. other one is uh, you. Put, you obviously have it written down there. It's it's something I have it like here. Uh, boastful Loki. Boastful Loki. That's that's the yeah. one. Uh, and there's a fourth one. There's a goat. There's a goat. I thought yeah, it was. With, is it a goat? I th- okay. I, I I looked back twice and I was like, is that a crocodile that he's holding? So I clearly didn't see that right. Um, <laughs> well, no, but, but to he's be wearing fair, his I little antler things, <laughs> goat horns. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, this is the thing. So the four of them are there. Um, uh, and the goat doesn't get the goat slice crocodile doesn't get a shout out in the credits because obviously, mm. um, well, I don't know. Hasn't like, said a word yet. Well, he hasn't. But I was thinking the others, like um, Kid Loki and Boastful Loki, don't say a word and they still get a name drop. Um, so I don't know. Like the goat <laughs> acting union <laughs> need to get on to uh, whatever uh, to get their due credit. But in this moment, we get Richard E. Grant classic Loki, and I'm presuming they're referencing classic like of old Marvel comics because it looks like that old yeah. yellow and green style of of what Loki's. Um, outfit used to look like uh kid loki uh in the middle uh who looks like he got like a even smaller younger timothy chalamet uh sitting there played by jack veal and he's holding the animal and then i wasn't sure about the other big lad on the left because it seemed like oh he's got a hammer and i thought is he a version of thor but then it was just in the credits it was like no he's boastful loki uh as well played by a guy called diobia Opari, uh who I, I don't know either so it'd be interesting to see what role they play um, if any, in the upcoming episodes then. And then, yeah, it looked like a goat to me. But I did miss 
the uh, kind of collapsed, destroyed Avengers Tower in the background. So I might just be confusing a crocodile for a goat, which has happened mm. on multiple occasions before. Um, so there is that mid-credit scene. Uh, job done. And there was nothing else, really. Or did you spot anything else in the credits? I think that was pretty much it for me now, there, like there aside, might be some little snippets that come out during the week but. now aside from like the lack of voice actor name for yeah. the time lords um no there was nothing nothing else in the in the in the end credits but it was like okay so we know that the tv had previously pruned other versions of loki uh throughout mm-hmm. the passage of time so this is to, obviously going to be a number of them but uh richard e grant's line i was like with loki's like am i dead He's like, not yet, but it's something like that, isn't it? It's not yet, but we need to move fast or something like that. Yeah, it's not yet, but you will be unless you come with me. Mm. So that's setting up something, obviously. Yeah, they're still in danger. <laughs> there's, there's, I mean, it's like that that kind of thing, you know, in any um, apocalyptic film when somebody kind of wakes up somewhere and it's like they're offered help by someone who's been there for years mm. and you know they've got like their tie tied around their their head and their grime all over their face and they've made a a weapon out of like a fork or something do you know what I mean it's like come with me if you want to live so that style of yeah so I think it's it's like they've I think pruning is sending someone to right before an apocalyptic event mm. and that's why right. okay they haven't been spotted there because, as we now know from the show, unless you do something off the wall crazy in the lead up to an event, you won't get spotted. Unless you fall in love with yourself and you try to smooch your sister self, <laughs> you won't get spotted in the in the moments before an apocalypse. So I'd say they are recruiting other Lokis in these other pruned Lokis in these just before apocalypse events, and they're all gonna like lay siege to the TVA eventually interesting that they would go back to new york then what we're what we're uh presuming is new york because that's the one that we associate most closely with our loki of tom hiddleston mm-hmm. in 2012 and that's where he was going to or that's where he launched his attack basically through the big space portal in the sky um so i wonder is that a, yeah a version of the timeline where he was maybe successful in that way, or he clearly destroyed a load of New York art. It could have been just another apocalyptic event. Uh, who knows how the death of the swallows um, or the extinction of the swallows affected anybody. Um, so it could be related to that one, but it will be um, fascinating to see. Cause obviously if you got Richard E. Grant in there as well, he's going to be, or he appears to be some kind of de facto leader uh, of this new group of Lokis, but uh, building an army of Lokis, yeah, no, definitely I'm here for that to be interesting. I hope we see Tour de France Loki in there as well, and big Hulk version of Loki. Maybe yeah. those other variants are all there as well, having been pruned previously, possibly in the uh, in the TVA. Yeah, because like in the trailer, we've seen a few times now where Loki is like running for, looks like he's running oh, for yeah, president. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder if this next episode will see like Richard E. Grant and him like fighting for control of the Loki army. And he's like, well, what did you expect? And then all the other Lokis turn on Tom Hiddleston and they're like, no, we're actually with Richard E. Grant because he's been doing this longer. Yeah. And interesting because just when you, I must go back and watch uh, one of the earlier trailers again, because that version of Loki, who's like vote for me. Uh, and he's got like the little badge on his suit. I think he's surrounded by warriors from mm. like different times. So again, that would, that would feed into, other people who have been pruned. I'm, think, I'm trying to think, is there like an Attila the Hun type character yeah. in there? Which just makes me think, or maybe it's just all the cast of Night at the Museum have just ended up in <laughs> wherever people get pruned from. But um, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to go back and see that now and see exactly who those people are and uh, and and if they're in this this particular place in Prunatory. Is that what we'll call, what are, can we get? Okay, that yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, happy with that. Yeah, you should be proud okay. of that. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I'm not proud of my big swings anymore because you're a prick, but that's fine. That's no worries. We're all good at something. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's a wrap for the entire episode so far. So really looking forward to episodes five and episode six. Rory, if you could go anywhere and any time yeah. on the timeline, mm-hmm. is there a particular place where you would go? I'd like to go back to the uh, writer's room for this episode and... Uh, <laughs> Take out the person who suggested that Loki should kiss his sister self. <laughs> Fair enough. That's very like very minute uh, or very specific kind of detail. It's the it's um, the most recent trauma. Cool. I've I thought, like, you know, so like, I guess that's why happy, it's still that... it's still raw. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair. 
fair enough so it's it's the freshest memory that's fair i was thinking like maybe like the happiest day of your life whenever that would be and that's just whenever you didn't know that loki was gonna kiss the face off himself. every other day slice, was the happiest day face. of my life yeah with every other day okay um do you want to know where i i would go or do you care really or i mean i feel like you've got an answer i do so. have an answer i tell you where i would go roy i would go to <laughs> the nexus episode uh like I would go forward in time to the next no, yeah. ep- to the Nexus yeah. episode. No, yeah, I got it. Like the Nexus events, like we mm-hmm. words. <clears throat> so anyway, that's it for uh, this week and our deep dive into Loki. Hope you've enjoyed it. I know that I have. Anyway, I can't speak for Rory, <laughs> but um, I think that was was that my favorite episode so far. I'm really enjoying the series overall. Anyway, so I think. Um, what do you reckon? Is it up there with your favorite so far? I know there. Episode two before. is still my favorite. Still digging okay. the the Fincher vibe this, the, of that one. Um, and yeah, this is better. Definitely better than three, but I still think one and two are the standouts. But Hiddleston has says that that like the events of four and five combined kind of set the show off in its own unique path. So I think we're seeing like the first half of whatever the big swing within the show is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm very, very excited to see how it all pays off next week. But I swear to Christ, if they smooch in the next episode, I am out. You'll be doing episode six on your own because I am will be done. <laughs> Oh, no, I'll just go back in time and get you and bring you back, like stick a wee time loop twister thing around your neck and they're like, Damn bring you. you back. So you have to relive it again and again and again. Damn you, darling. Listen, Roy, <laughs> thank you uh, so much today for your big swings and your insights as ever. Uh, thank you to Saint Paul on sound. Saint Paul on sound. And as ever, thank you to everybody for listening. And what did we tell you last week about subscribing? We said forget the TVA and stick with the TBR and we were right. So make sure you do that. Uh, thank you to everybody who has subscribed uh, and thank you for enjoying the shows and also um got loads of class interviews up there as well uh so you get all of those straight into your feed wherever you get your podcasts if you subscribe to the show right okay i think that's it you okay yeah i think i might go and just kiss myself in the mirror for a while so i'll see you later okay goodbye gross gross <laughs> Thank you.